It is the playoff edition of the DMV Sports Roundtable podcast. Back after a lengthy break. Hope everybody was healthy and happy over the holidays. Frank Hanran, Christian Jamal Bones joins me as it's a three-man crew getting you set for the Washington football Tampa Bay Buccaneers playoff game comes Saturday night. We are taping this on a Friday night. This is a big game for Washington, right, against Tampa Bay. Is there a – you know what? I don't feel like there's any sort of buzz. Maybe it's just because of what's going on, what's happened this week. <laughs> Maybe I'm yeah. crazy. Uh, but, yeah, even when you say this could be a distraction from what's going on, it's hard to even say that. But here we are. We still have a football game. Gian, on paper, the Bucks are favored by eight. And I remember, guys, a year ago – before the Super Bowl, and we were saying Kansas City is just way too obvious. You got to take the Chiefs. I feel the same way here. Even though I'm pulling for Washington to to show up a little bit, I just don't see any way in any shape or form that they can win this game because it starts with Alex Smith and his health. And the offense is just it just cannot match up with Tom Brady and Bucks. Uh Chion, tell me I'm wrong. So I feel like a broken record repeating this all week, but it's just I really b- firmly believe it's the only way Washington gets a W this Saturday, and that is you need to put the pressure on Brady almost every single play, and you do that with the ferocious pass rush that Washington features. So I do think it's not out of the realm that they can keep this game close into the fourth quarter. They're going to have to have some turnovers bounce their way. And I go back to a year ago when I was calling the Ravens Titans game here at WTOP. Tom Brady's last pass on a Saturday night playoff game was a pick six. I believe, Frank, were you not the one who texted me this week and said that you're a better tennis player in the morning than you are at night? I think at this age, something like that matters. I just do. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. The uh, eight thirty or is it eight fifteen kickoff for, uh, for Tom Brady? Yep. Now Jamal's been yeah, Jamal, you've been steadfast all year about you know what we don't need to get or not we Washington does not need to get to the postseason because they should save it for draft picks. That's what the Eagles. Well, did. look, it's it's, it's here. It's hey. here, and you know when people keep trying to uh, pass you the uh, baton and give you the uh, the division, well, you take it. <laughs> uh before I get to this, let me get back to because we we missed last week. Mm-hmm. And the the, the boohooing and the crybaby business of the Giants fans getting upset with Philly. Right. And for Judge to come out as a coach, fans I understand. You know, uh I was a little taken aback by Eli. You're retired. Uh Saquon, mm. you're not playing. But you're worried about that. Now, you should be thanking us also, or as Frank would say, thanking them, uh, the Washington football team, because this shouldn't have been an issue. If we take care of business in Carolina, it's a non-factor because what did you do? You lost to Baltimore. Mm -hmm. So if you win the games, what did Herm say? (laughs) You play to win, right? That's what they're saying. You didn't win the games. But we didn't take care of business because we should. It shouldn't have been. You shouldn't have been in the picture anymore after the Carolina game if we take care of business. So this boohooing and all this stuff that got to do with the Eagles for what? Right. I don't. I don't get that. Right. Right. So I, I had to get that off my chest. That's been sitting for. No, I got you. I got you. So what do you but, think? About, what do you think? You think Washington has any sort of shot? Is this that- uh, look, man, Frank. This. Uh, Alex is off. He's off. He's he's he, he's off, and he's not healthy. Uh, he's healthy enough 
but he's not himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how well the two quarterback system works when you don't have a New Orleans sort of thing where you have a Taysom Hill and a Drew Brees, where you have someone that. that can wildcat and do something different than what your starter is doing. Rotating in uh, Heineke, uh, I understand. Uh, he's more healthy. He's fresh. Uh, the small sample size we saw, and he should have been in there right after the half in the Carolina game. He moved the ball effortlessly. But this is a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Stage is totally different. He's never been there before. And when you take two quarters, especially somebody like Alex, who's used to being a starter, and move them in and out of a game, quarterbacks like running backs and anybody, they need a rhythm. More than anybody else, your quarterback needs a rhythm. And th- this is not uh, Florida Gators. This is not Oklahoma Sooners. This is not college football where you can roll two quarterbacks in and out and still win the game. I don't know how you do that, but Alex does not look like himself. He can't plant. Uh, maybe he feels better tomorrow. I don't know. But I, I, I don't feel good. This offense is stagnant, and that's, and that's an overstatement, or understatement, rather. Do you think – Go ahead. Do you think that Ron was playing uh, footsie with Tampa Bay by saying that he may play Taylor Heineke and he was thinking about benching Smith? Or do you think he's actually really considering this? Because if he does, that that's that's an amazing m- maneuver to go with a guy that nobody has ever heard of in Taylor Heineke, even though we know that Smith is hurt. I think Alex is truly hurt if you are saying things like you're considering Taylor Heineke playing him. And I do think there's some truth to throwing off your opponent. I think, Frank, you and I have had this conversation before. You have to say who's injured for the betting markets and people who invest in the game, which in turn leads to business for the league. But what is the advantage of announcing sometimes – like the Eagles, they did that with Jalen Hurts, like announcing so early in the week that they were going to be starting him over Carson Wentz when I think they could have waited a little bit. They allowed their opponent, I forget who it was at the time, to have a full week to prepare for Jalen Hurts, who operates a different kind of offense. So if Ron is kind of throwing this out there, I, I like it. I like any deflections you can get at any thing that really will take the Bucks out of their normal routine when it comes to practicing against one quarterback. Maybe they got to prepare for two, and it makes it a little different. I think he has to, though. I think as much as it might be uh, a little bit of gamesmanship and a little bit of posturing, I think it's it's legit. If you have watched Alex the last two weeks, eh, you know, the last time he's been on the field, he, he does not look like himself. Uh, and when this offense, Scott Turner has got to call a game like he did in Dallas, and he hasn't done so since. Mm-hmm. He's got to just – if you're going to get with the run – Stick with the run. I think he got away from Antonio Gibson a little bit too early. Uh, Jamal, if week. I may interrupt, though, real quick, sure. are you not concerned about a Bucks defense that's only allowing 80.6 rushing yards per game? That is the tops in the NFL. No one has allowed less per right. game. So I am worried where is this offense and this creativity coming from? I'm with you. Mind you. I lost about half of what you said. I heard ping, ping, ping. I'll just say this. The Bucks stopped the run better than (laughs) anybody. No, no, I heard that. I'm talking about what you were you saying beforehand, before I started talking. I couldn't hear anybody. But yeah, no, that you're dealing with uh, 
Devin White, you're dealing with and, and Dominican Sue, JPP, and they, and those two are still playing at a high level. You're dealing with a very good defense, a very good front seven. I also have concerns on our side. Front four, cool. I'm fine with the front four. Front five, really, you if you think about it. So what do we make of this of this uh this season? I mean, obviously it's very very strange. The season was a success because Listen, how many times do we hear the the Herm cliche play to win the game? But you do. I mean, you play to make the playoffs, and I don't care that you get bounced in the first round. It's better than not making the playoffs at all. You're playing on wild card weekend, even if it is a little bit um, of a stretch now. A, considering you have a losing record, and B, they add in another team this year. But you're not home, and you're not thinking about draft for at least another week, and that's what you play for. And uh, I think these guys probably make a decent playoff check. So, yeah, I, I'm. I, I think the the season has been a good one for the the Washington football team. Whatever happens on Saturday. So, did you tell me if or when or what your play is? Because I'm taking the Bucks straight up minus eight, and I'm not blinking a, a second. I'm just throwing it down, saying, "Give me the Bucks." That's it. Minus eight. Yeah. So I right now, Frank, I am going to what did I text you the other day that in uh, 24, seven and one unders are in wild card weekend Mm -hmm. in the last eight years. So I'm taking the under in this game for all the reasons we've basically talked about. We don't see where Washington's offensive production is coming from. So 44 and a half to me, that's just too high. And uh, I don't think Brady's going to be lighting up this defense at all either. So I've got the under 44 and a half. In terms of the point spread, for me, it's Washington or nothing just because I think this defense is good enough to get past the Bucs offensive line and make life difficult enough for Tom Brady where – they win maybe by a score of 20 to 14, something of that sort, and it's enough for uh, Washington to cover but not win. What yeah. about you in terms of this Ravens-Titans game, Frank? I mean, you want to talk about a line that is a little mm-hmm. bit curious. I mean, the Ravens have lost to them the past couple outings, and right now they're a three-point favorite mm-hmm. on the road, and we talk about how there's really no home field advantage at this point. But uh, where's your where's your lean in that game? Ooh. I'm taking Tennessee. I'm going the other way. I've heard a lot of people say they like the Ravens' revenge game, and they're playing better football. There's no question about it. But there is something to be said about matchups and how certain teams just have their way with uh, their opponent, like the Titans and how they ran all over the Ravens last year. It wasn't even close in the postseason. Remember that at Baltimore? Mm-hmm. So I will take uh, I will take the Titans plus the three at home, maybe even just do a little money line on them since I'm so confident. How about that? I like that because, A, I would say that most of the um, most of the the opinions I've heard have been that the Ravens are the play at minus three. And, Frank, I think you and I both agree it's nice to be on the side of not the popular one, right? Because Vegas doesn't get built because uh, they lose these games that everybody's on one side. So, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. The Titans have beaten them multiple times in a row. They do have the formula. My thing is, do you? Th- the Ravens have to be selling out for the run, basically. Um, and I think that they should have a handle on that. Um, but I got to ask you, while we're kind of just shooting it, while uh, you're 10 minutes away from an update here, you yeah. were talking about doing some play-by-play hoops, and I think some listeners yeah. out there in the DMV area probably want to know mm. what's up with the high school basketball scene. Oh, what were the schools the you were talking about? 
Yeah, so interesting. It's sort of like a bubble at the uh, St. James out in Springfield. So they've got 10 of the top 25 teams in the country, dude, are at the St. James right now, just playing hoops for two weeks. So it's uh, a big tournament. Obviously no fans, but uh, announcers are allowed in there. Certainly the players, coaches, et cetera, uh, support staff. And so today I did a game, uh, I did two games today. I'm going to do four games on Saturday. You just go to St. James' uh, website, and they've got a link to it. And you can uh, pay just a, a small fee to watch all these games. And it's really a really fantastic thing, I think, for this area. DeMath is in it. They play a couple games, I think. Uh, there was a team from Cumberland, Maryland there today. So not only is it a mix of uh, local, but there's some big national powerhouses. I saw a, a game today with a team that has players going straight D1. Montverde, where uh, Simmons from the Sixers played at. They uh, had a team. Oh, really? Yeah, they had a team that was there from Indiana who for three straight years, dude, had players in the NBA drafted. So these are big time just powerhouse academies. So it's high school, but you wouldn't know it. It's it's really top level stuff for 17 year olds. Uh, you know, so it's, uh, it's at, uh, at St. James this week. So I'll be doing that for the next week or so. Wow. So how is the conditioning of some of these guys? I mean, they, they don't have their typical access as we've got Jamal coming right. back in here in a minute, but, um, they don't have typical access to the weight room these days. Are they like in shape, looking good, able to play yeah. at their normal level? The first game I saw, one team was from Utah, right? So they they have different uh, rules out there. So they had actually already played 11 games. And they were playing a team that was playing their first game. And you could see the difference early, uh, the rust. Um, but, yeah, um, the second game was hard to, to tell if they were in great shape or not. Uh, they are such short games, they're only 32 minutes. But um, So some teams are at, at advantage because they're already into the mix and others are just, like, starting their season. So that's what's great about this bubble is that these teams actually get to play consistently day in, day in, day in, day in, and then we'll see how they do after it. But, yeah, that's a good question, man. But I didn't notice that really except for that one team that was playing their first game. I know Jamal would want to be talking about some Maryland hoops too, Frank. You and I both talked oh, yeah, about um, Iowa as the victor the other night in College Park. I mean, what what to you, you watch some of the Maryland game, like what is plaguing Maryland outside oh. of everything almost? I've been saying this for, what, 10 years that Turgeon's been here. I just don't understand the identity of the team. Because if I asked you, what is Mark Turgeon's identity, could you answer that question? I, I don't know the answer. It's I, recruiting. and uh, Recruiting. <laughs> and what does recruiting get you if you're not winning enough? No, I don't know. I, I when No disrespect to Ayala, but when he's your biggest – score of the basketball that's that's an issue right they just need more offensive fire firepower they have none they have none they've got guys that we thought would have a better standout season like uh wiggins uh he hasn't done anything so that's that's a big issue moving forward they got to find somebody to score the basketball and they can't that's why the iowa beat them by what 25 um they they are if they are going to have an NIT this year, that's where they're headed. They're not going to the tournament, obviously. All right, DMV Sports Roundtable. We had ourselves a nice little session here before NFL Wild Card Weekend. Jamal, uh, we pour one out for you here and your internet connection on this week's show. Uh, we will have you back next week when we uh, talk divisional round, and we'll see if Washington football team has advanced. Probably not. Frank? Right, That would be something.